Hi, I'm Mark Lopez. And I'm Thomas Ouellette. And this is The Power of Four. How you doing, Mark? I'm Wait, doing... I'll stop you right there. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> kidding, you know what? I'm kidding, I'm kidding. You, you better be ready. <laughs> next week, I'm going to do the exact same thing. You're going to forget it. No. I can no. No. How are you doing? Doing all right. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you already got me. <laughs> Anything new going on? Not really. No? This. No? How's, how's been work? How's been work? Yeah, how's, how's been work? How's work been? How, how has work been? Uh, I didn't was, come here for a lecture, Thomas. <laughs> there was there was one day, uh, someone we ended up staying. We're supposed to close at ten. We ended up staying open way later because someone was in the store, and it got to the point where they're the only one in there, and so we were just kind of like, "What are we gonna do? What are we gonna do?" So we just we uh we we threw paper airplanes, for like distance. Someone was like, "Yo, check out this paper airplane I made." Someone else was like, "No, oh, no, 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 no. my I could I could throw my way better. Like my my I make them look better. I'll go way further." <laughs> That was what we did. Awesome. Until they awesome. were ready to go. That's good. So uh, I can't say the same over here. I don't. Nothing new going on. I can't wait till it's winter. Winter time, because yeah. it's it's definitely too hot over here. It was crazy windy this morning. Was it really? It was. I didn't. Dude, I didn't. you could fly like thirty kites. It was supposed to go down this week, but I guess not. But it's all good. It's it's all good. It's all good. Um, well, at 12, I was put into foster care because I come from a crazy home. And just to simplify some of the uh, chaotic things that went down in this house, it was uh, like 17 people living in just a tiny, tiny home. And uh, there was a whole lot of drug use. My uncle was a pimp. My aunt was a prostitute. Uh, But yeah, so 12 years old, I get put into foster care. And, uh, you know... That's rough, and uh, you know, fast forward a little bit. Middle school's done. High school comes along. High school, um, you know, it's all right. It's what it's what high school is for everybody. You got like four years of these blurred memories of like, oh, I hated that, and then looking back on it, you're like, oh, I kind of miss it. Senior year, it was definitely a switch up from the previous three years because it was like when I started like going out and like socializing way more, um, which was fortunate because you know I feel like. I, I, you, you're so forced around people in high school, but it sucks when, like, it feels like it's only there because it's forced, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, oh, uh, if we didn't have school together, we wouldn't even be hanging out, like, what? Mm-hmm. Um, but no, you know, I, I started freshman year, I was, I was real adamant about, like, oh, I'll go in the ROTC, maybe do military, and because that benefits you, and within, like, a week, uh, you know, the guy had a bone to pick with me because I messed up one thing and we got into this real heated argument. I was like clenching my fist and he kept saying, oh, you're going to hit me. And, you know, Mr. Fantrum knows like my story, I guess. And so he he, he sympathized and he was like, you know, you're not in trouble. We're just going to do something about this. We'll move you. And I had quite a few teachers during those first like two weeks say like, oh, you know, you should do theater. You should you should like get out there and do something along those lines. Like literally two individual teachers, which is funny. Maybe I was just an overdramatic kid. Uh, and... Um, so I end up going into theater, you know, for the, the the rest of high school. And by senior year, that was when, like I said, really started socializing, really started to make friends. 
and that was where, of course, I met you. Mm-hmm. We started hanging out, got in, like, hanging out with our other friends, uh, the shows and stuff, which really opened me up. But it was really after high school when, when just everything started going crazy because I wanted, I wanted to do like I want to be an actor and I wanted to do theater or something along those lines out of high school. So, so badly, but you have all these people pressuring you like, Oh, you need to make a good career. And it really got to me. And so I ended up going into a tech school to work on cars, which FYI, I hate, like (laughs) it's, it's a great skill. I can fix my own car and help my friends out. But other than that, I would hate to do it as a career. Um, but yeah, I worked at, uh, I, I went through the whole program. I ended up working at uh, Lexus for quite some time. And then it sort of got to the point of like, oh, you know, I'm not going to be doing this. Had a conversation with the guy, that fell out. Then struggle hits, you know, no no income hits real quick. And uh, ended up going back to Toyota, <laughs> which was just really just like downgrading myself. And uh, after that, I uh, I ended up losing that job just because I was like literally singing and dancing and not paying attention to the cars. Like I was having a conversation with a coworker in his bay and mine's across the room and the manager would keep calling on me and I'm like, there's, it's, there's literally no cars right now. But anyways, lost that job. So for a while I was struggling and uh, being a smoker, I got to the point of like, oh, you know, like I could do something with like selling drugs, <laughs> which, oh is, which is really like the worst thing uh, ever. When I say drugs, I'm just talking about marijuana. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> even dealing like eight balls of coke or something. Oh um, but anyways, so uh, I ended up trying to sell to this one guy, which it was like a very too good to be true kind of sale. And it ended with a gun pointed at me and my girlfriend at the time's head. Oh my God. Which was just nuts. And, uh, yeah, so after that, I was like, never again. And so at this point, I was jobless, I was moneyless, like, I was just really struggling. And out of nowhere, my mom contacts me and she's like, hey, I got this friend, uh, you know, he, he lives out in California, he runs a cannabis farm, he needs somebody. And, like, I'm thinking this is going to take some time, right? A cannabis farm, they're big deals. Uh, he's, you know, out in California. Um... But anyway, so I'm like, yeah, you know, why not? And the first thing that happens is, like, that talk with your girlfriend. It's like, you know, there's going to be distance. <laughs> and that's a whole freaking train wreck. But um, anyway, so we, we got through that. And then my mom contacts me, like, not even a week later, which was mortifying. Uh, because I thought I'd have more time. And she's like, hey, so, you know, he's he's down to let you work for him. All you got to do is, like, uh, get in touch with him and this and that. She gives me his number. And it's funny, too, because... I didn't know this, but my mom and him went to high school together and she used to bully his whole existence. Like she used to make this kid feel so bad. And I was like, oh my goodness, like, how are you guys even on good terms? But I guess they worked through it and everything, you know, they were like, oh, we were kids. But I think the real reason is because he just wanted to like, you know, get with my mom, (laughs) which is really uncomfortable. But anyways, so I get in contact with him. And, uh, you know, real, real raspy voice. Like, I had no idea what to picture for this guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, we're talking, and he, and he tells me, he's like, yeah, da-da-da, like, all you got to do is show up, and I can basically take care of you from there. I got a house for you. Like, I'll show you what you'll be doing. Your house house? Yeah, like, I, I lived in my own house. I'll, I'll get to that. It's it's crazy. Oh, that's awesome. And so, yeah, it yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so, you know, I get in contact with him. He tells me to head out. And uh, I saved up, had, like... 
450 like 500 bucks that I I came up with and um you know I say goodbye to my girlfriend and we're like oh we're gonna make this work that sort of thing I end up heading out with you know like all of my belongings in my car and I set out for uh California you drove and, there yeah I, I drove oh my god and um how, how many how, what was the time I think we we could look it up but I want to say it was like Oh, man, I really want to pull this 16, up. 16, 18 hours? Oh, it's way more than yeah, that. No, way more than that. Way more than that. Yeah. 16 I, hours is like here to Connecticut. I remember looking at it and they don't take into account the uh, the actual like wait, like not wait, but like rest times. Like because it's not going to be what it says. That's if you continuously drove, right? Okay. So let me just look up the county I was in and see how far this is. So directions. Wow. So you're on like the coast of California? Yeah, yeah. Mendocino County is like north california so everybody when they so it's one day 19 hours so that's what 24 <laughs> plus 19 34 so yeah, 40 43 hours i was right like 40 something hours yeah, so we'll call it two days yeah Ooh. so a 43 hour drive and uh you know that can change and at the time there was a lot of uh dmz's in texas which are like demilitarized zones and there's like they make you slow down a lot like there's a lot of weights uh that sort of thing but i ended up just like taking north texas so it was a little bit of like a longer route, but I figured that would still save me time because, you know, mm-hmm. and I really didn't want, I really didn't want to have to stay at a hotel. Like they're expensive, you know, it's like another 80 yeah. bucks out of pocket. I didn't know how much gas it was really going to take me to get there, even though I kind of did the math and saved some extra for food and drink and maybe a stay. So I get all the way up to, I think it was Louisiana before I had my first like rest. And it wasn't even, I don't, I feel like that's an overglorified term for, for what it really was, but I was at a rest stop and they always tell you never like stop at the rest stop to sleep and stuff. Cause that's where people will, you know, try and get you like random creepies. There's like incidents that happen. Really? I didn't even know. Yeah. That. They, Dude, they no. always advise you not to use like those little, especially if there's no lights and that sort of thing, which mm-hmm. there wasn't. Um, but I just pulled off at a rest stop in Louisiana. I, uh, I ended up sleeping there for, I want to say like two, three hours and, you know, I get back on the road and I'm heading out. Uh, and as I'm going through like the rest of Louisiana in the morning, it was like it was still like dark out because I slept from like 12 or one or two or something like that until like five. Like it was still it there was like no sunlight yet. And um, I was for some reason, my GPS took me off of the the highway, the interstate or whatever it was to through like one of these little rinky dink towns. And of course I'm speeding, uh, and I'm going like a hundred and even, you shouldn't even be doing that really, but I was just trying to get there. And, you know, normally on the interstate, you won't really get stopped, at least in my experience. So I didn't realize I got pulled off. And so as I'm whizzing by going like a hundred, I noticed the cop like sitting there and it's just, I know it's too late. Like I, I know I'm boned. I know this is going to end with a fat ticket. And uh, I the, there's a trick to this because you don't want to step on your brakes when you see a cop because that's like admitting guilt. Uh, you want to like pull on your e-brake because you'll still be slowing down and reducing the, the clock speed without actually showing it. And uh, so she actually only clocked me at 88, but it was a 55 mile per hour. <laughs> so so I, I believe it's after 30 miles per hour. It's a reckless driving thing. And so you get like way more points on your license. It's a fat ticket ended up being like $335 for this ticket. Um, but anyways, you know, I just like, I just get back on the road after it's all said and done. And uh, I'm heading out again. I end up, Texas alone, I remember, took 
like the longest. I, don't, I mean, everybody knows this, or at least most, but it is, it's like a whole day drive through Texas. And so I ended up finally, like after like 18 or so hours of driving, and that's, dude, you get like super sweaty. Like no matter what the AC is, you're just pushed up against this chair. It's like, ugh. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, I stopped in Albuquerque, which I didn't realize is kind of a really dangerous city. And um, yeah, really, really not great. I stop in Albuquerque. I'm like, I'm trying to look at getting a hotel because I need the rest this time. I realize how fatigued I am, how fatigued I am. And um, so I, uh, I'm out, I go to the gas station, I get like a drink. And even just in the gas station, there was like, they definitely were on some heavy stuff, man. They were just really, really rowdy, like half naked people, like screaming down the street. And it was kind of terrifying. Jeez. Wow, yeah, like the, the scariest encounters are with crazy people because you don't know what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so I got like an Arizona. I was like, you know, chugging it. I ended up walking into this hotel. And of course, like I kind of, I, I always try to haggle with hotels because they have like a set price. But you can kind of be like, oh, well, you know. Uh, and so I got, it, I got it for like five bucks cheaper. But I was like, all right, cool, cool, cool. And um, I had a room. I sleep there. And so uh, I uh, – oh, no. And I didn't get in Arizona. My bad. I got a vitamin water. So this is this will tie into something in a minute. But all I was drinking along my route was vitamin water because it has electrolytes. And I was thinking like, oh, you know, it's like helping me stay hydrated better. And so I'm at, I'm at my hotel now and it comes with a free breakfast in the morning and everything, that sort of thing. So, uh, I was pretty happy about that. And I end up going to bed and, uh, I haven't really eaten much at this point. I think I had like a chicken sandwich from a fast food place by now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now I think it's probably been at least like 25 hours into the drive at least. Um, Oof. but any, yeah, dude, it's crazy. And it's really unfortunate because I didn't detour to any of the nice scenic things like the Grand Canyon or Vegas, like, and I could have, it only would have been like an extra couple hours out of the way to see these really great things. But I was so focused on like, I just want to get there and get this like started, you know? Um, So anyways, I, uh, I wake up in the morning and I feel even worse. Like I feel super sickly. Um, like, I don't know what it is, but I'm like, oh, maybe it's because I didn't eat. I tried to eat a granola bar and like the moment food touched my tongue, I just, I retched, like, it was like, I could not eat, and so I'm like, okay, like, I just gotta, I'll I'll just keep drinking, you know, and so I'm drinking my vitamin waters, and uh, I head back out, I, uh, I finally ended up making it to his place in California at at, at a nice time, it was like 2 p.m., 3 p.m. or something, so it's like, I I got to see, like, the city a little bit as I'm driving through, and he was in uh, uh, Vallejo, which is just, like maybe an hour away from San Francisco, which is pretty awesome. It's like the Bay Area, they call it. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah it's beautiful. I hear, I hear um, and so like he's showing me this house and I it, I had assumed that's where I was going to be staying, but I was wrong about that. So because the farm was in a different location, I, that was just like his private home. Um, so I met his son. I met his uh, his like girlfriend, friend thing who used to be a porn star, which is random, but he wow. felt he felt the need to really mention that. <laughs> <laughs> and it was funny because upon meeting him, like I said, I had no idea what to expect, right? This dude is jacked. He looks like Hugh Jackman, like when he got ripped for Wolverine, like the same kind of hair, Damn. like he had a Whoa. beard and everything. Dude, this That's dude looks crazy. like he could destroy anything that comes his way. <laughs> um, and anyway, so uh, as soon as I get there, I'm like, I'm immediately noticing the smell and shit. Like it smells just so much like weed. <laughs> like... Way too much. Um, 
And then he starts showing me, like, all these big black laundry bins with, like, yellow lids that are full to the brim with weed. And, of course, being, <laughs> being uh, you know, a stoner at the time, I was just mind blown. I was like, I have never seen so much of this up close. This is nuts. And, uh, you know, he already had me, like, starting working. I was, like, trimming a little bit. But almost within an hour, hour and a half of me being there, I felt like I was going to die. Like, I told you, I didn't feel good earlier, and now it's gotten a lot worse, and I, I feel bad. I felt really bad about this, but I was like, hey, man, like, I don't want to freak you out, but I got to go to the hospital. Oh <laughs> and so, uh, you know, he was like, oh, do you need a ride? Like, are you going to be are you gonna be good? Like, he looks like he's, like, nervous. He's like, what is wrong with you? And I was like, I don't know, man. I guess that drive or something. And I, I had to the ER, uh, and I was just so weak, dude. And um, it turns out that I was extremely dehydrated. Like, extraordinarily so. And I didn't even understand how. I was like, oh, I've been drinking these vitamin waters, blah, blah, blah. I told them that. And they said something like, if you just, if you keep getting too much electrolytes and not enough normal water, like, it dehydrates you because it's salt. Electrolytes is basically just salt. And so, (laughs) I had no idea. And I just felt like a complete moron in front of, like, these three nurses who were like, yeah, that was a bad move. (laughs) And so, uh, you know, they they get some fluids in me with an IV and all that sort of thing. And uh, I end up heading back to the house. And then he's like, oh, you know, you'll probably be here for, like, two or three days. And then we'll we'll go to the farm and I'll show you all that. So, I was there for a couple days. uh, Had a, like, he had a a son who's, like, 11 or something. He's, like, super into Fortnite. Surprisingly enough, uh, this 11-year-old was kicking my butt. Like, I would go down, he'd pick me up all the time. Um, but anyway, so a couple days go go by, and, and it's it's time we're heading out to the farm. I'm following him with my car. It's like an hour away. Um, and it's literally, it was right next to uh, this place. I think it's like the city of a 1,000 Buddhas or 10,000 Buddhas, which was really cool. Um, I saw a little bit of that. Um, but anyway, so it like wraps up this mountain uh, and I had to like drive up and all I could think about the entire drive up was, man, this would be so cool to skate. <laughs> like, um, I want to Walter Mitty it, bro. <laughs> yeah, seriously, seriously. And, uh, so anyways, we, we get there and all you can see from the front is an orchard, like grapes, which was also one of the perks. Like oh, there was just a ton awesome. of like wine grapes, which aren't mm. super sweet, but they're still delicious. Yeah. And even though you weren't in the LA area, like how was California compared to here? Like how, how can you, oh, how man. did you like it? So, because I was in a real, I was kind of in a small town. There wasn't a whole lot of anything nearby. Like right up the street, there was like a little mom and pop gas station. Uh, wow, mom and pop gas station. Yeah, that sort of thing. <laughs> and uh, it was definitely just a ton of homeless people. Like that was probably one of the things that really stuck with me. Is like yeah. it just made me wonder like how many people came here with like an idea of like doing what I'm doing or like something bigger, and then now that's where they are. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, and you did always, especially around like the fast food places, there'd be like five or six at a time just sitting oh. down. Like it was really like kind of kind of instills a little bit of fear. Mm-hmm. Um. But anyway, so. Yeah, there was a ton of wine grapes, and uh, and I don't I don't know what it is. I guess it's just California, but there's just a lot of like fruit and like growing like edible things like everywhere in public. Like there was fig trees at the at the Costco that was like a couple miles away. 
Like, you could literally just go up and eat some figs. So, like, it was really weird, you know. It's not something you're really used to in Florida, I guess, other than oranges and mm-hmm. grapefruit. But, um, so, yeah, so he starts kind of getting into the nitty-gritty of, like, showing me the place before the labor and where I'm going to be sleeping and all this sort of stuff. And that, <laughs> going from his house, which was sort of, like, a little luxurious, just, like, you know, it was, like, this was, like, a work center. Like, you definitely got that vibe um, because there was, like, hash which I don't know if you know, but it's sort of like, it's like weed sand. It's basically like the THC stuff that comes off the bud and you're just filtering it through these like sifts over and over and pushing it through until you get this really fine product, which hash was actually developed forever ago. Like it's a really, it's one of the earliest forms of smoking cannabis when people started doing it. Hmm. Um, and I think it, I think it started in uh, Asia or yeah, somewhere in the Middle East or something. So that was interesting, but Anyway, so yeah, he had like wax, he had hash, he had uh, more tubs and tubs and tubs of just like weed. And um, so he shows me my room and I didn't even have a bed at first. Like I remember the first month I was just on a cot, which isn't too bad, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but being that this was in the desert, which kind of paints a different picture. So like I'll elaborate. It's more just like the extreme weather change desert. Like it doesn't look like a desert, but it's that kind of climate. So during the day, it's scolding hot. It's it's literally getting to where it's like 100 degrees, something like that. Mm-hmm. And then at nighttime, it drops to like 30, 40 degrees. Sometimes yeah. like colder, like warmer, depending. But for the most part, you're looking at like these two very different temperatures. So during the day, I'd be, uh, I'd have to like work on the plants, which it was, I think just on the outdoor alone, there was like 100 plants, right? And you're on a mountain-based incline. And the water, he didn't have a feeding system. This was very, very old farmer type. And so I'd have to fill two five-gallon buckets with water, like to the top, which is somewhere around like 70 pounds at least. Um, And I'd have to carry that all the way up to one plant, pour them in. And you can't just like dump them. You have to slowly go around. Uh, and I had to do that for every plant every day. And that was just one of the responsibilities. So, uh, that alone would take like four or five hours, but by the time I got good at it, you know, I I could get it shorter. Um, and then I had to learn how to make hash, which is how I knew that. Uh, and then we also learned how to make wax, which is like pressurizing with butane. It's very weird. Um, but the really the really like grueling part of this was there's no Wi-Fi there. And I know what a millennial thing to say, you know, <laughs> oh, there's no Wi-Fi, but I didn't really have data on my phone either or anything like that. So I just have like calls and texts and six days out of the week, I'm alone in this house with nothing. Mm-hmm. Like I had, I had my Xbox, but you know, like you can't really do most things single player nowadays anyways. And that can only kill so much time before you're like, what, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess the real issue is like smoking all the time combined with like the, the semi paranoia you get with that and just being alone, it really started to like fester into this like toxic sort of environment for me. Mm-hmm. Like within a few weeks, I started to realize like I was getting into the cycle of like just really negative mm-hmm. things. Like I wasn't eating even cause I was, I guess, I don't know if I was depressed or what, but I wouldn't eat. Like he was, the the few times he'd come around and cause he was like a professional chef apparently. He, he used to cook for Adam Sandler, it's crazy. Wow. Uh, yeah, right? <laughs> and um, uh, he would he would always look at me funny. He's like, why aren't you eating? 
he's like, there's all this food, man, eat. And I, I would be like, oh, I'm not really hungry. Like, I just can't. And of course, like, I'm doing all this labor every day. So you're just shedding weight, too. Mm-hmm. Like, you need to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so it got to a point to where I was just, like, in a cycle of, like, God, this is, like, so bad. Like, and it, it's nice because uh, it's like $120,000 a year. Like, that's how much you're making. But it's on wow. a salary base. Like, it's like you only make the money when the harvest comes. So right, all this labor right. I was doing, all this labor I was doing, only the only money I could make is if I could get, like, a pound sold to somebody. And he had people that got it through the mail. And, like, he would go to, like, <laughs> he'd be like, oh, you got any friends in Florida that need to buy and this and that. So, like, I would hit up the people that I knew as, like, you know, a teenager, like, that I'd get weed from. And now it's like the tables have turned. I'd be like, hey. Oh like, <laughs> and um, some people some people were a little apprehensive. But after a while, I got a couple of people buying. So I'd make like 300 bucks here, 300 bucks here. Right. Um, and what, you, what did you learn from that? Oh, man. It was, it was frustrating. Because the only, the only big takeaway was that weed dealers are crazy, paranoid kooks. They are like asking a million questions. And this guy is very, my product is good. Like they shouldn't even need to ask questions. So at a certain point he would just be like, quit texting. Like, don't worry about it. And then like, I wasn't really making money at a point. And all I had was my car to like maybe go out into the city. But like I said, there was nothing really that I could see other than going to the top of the mountain, which was incredible. I'll get to that in a second. And the Redwoods, which were only like a 15, 20 minute drive. And ironically, not ironically, but, you know, crappy on my part, I never went and saw them because I wanted to wait until like, you know, a good time. Like maybe I had some friends or something like I know self-discovery is important, but I just thought it was something that I'd want to do with people. Right. And um, it took probably of my first month of just being alone and miserable before I ended up meeting like this really cool girl and like she introduced me to her friends and they smoked all the time. So we'd all kind of hang out. And, uh, that was nice. That was probably like the most alleviation I could get from what seemed like a really toxic environment. And I had, I had decided to leave, um, it just really, really suddenly, but also just because of everything that had been happening. So yeah. Tell us, tell us like that whole preparation. Oh. Cause there, you said that the, cause I remember, cause you told me the story you had a, a, a couple of weeks before you decided to find it, right? Did you decide to leave? Or was that week? I had like wanted you... to leave for about a month now, at least. Uh, but I hadn't gotten to the point of, like, I'm going to do it until maybe, like, two or three nights prior to when I actually left. Because I had reached out to her so many times, uh, like, you know, a handful of times, and she just wouldn't get back to me. It was like she was so ready to just be done with this because of how bad we were getting, which is understandable. Like I said, it was it was like she was stressed all the time. I was stressed all the time. Uh, it wasn't good for either of us. And then, I, like I said, I felt so bad because this guy really wanted me to stay. I didn't even tell him. Like, even on the day that I actually left, I acted like everything was fine, you know? Wait, and he's wait. a great guy. I do feel bad about that to this day. So uh, how did he... Did he call you? I was like, where are you? Um, yeah. And yeah, he basically, because I had talked to, like, make an excuse about it. I told him I would maybe be selling my car. And I said that I knew a guy who was out to get it in Florida and I could just fly back. And so he kind of had this idea that if I did leave, I'd be coming back. And so when I left, 
I made sure all the plants were okay and everything like that. I didn't want to like screw them over at all, at all you know. Um, but it was like two or three in the morning and I had just finished hanging out with like Megan and her friends again. Me and Megan were just like getting fast food and Megan, Megan and her friends did a little bit of horror drugs a little bit often. Like they would do Molly or, you know, ecstasy and stuff like that. And so when, when she was in my car, she had got like point like nine or so. She got like a gram of Molly, which is like, I think it's like 70 bucks. Um, and she, she, Ooh, Oh, <laughs> she did she she and her friends had done like about half the bag so I, there was like a 0.5 of molly uh still in my car and i thought i was gonna see like she thought i was gonna see her the next day so i guess she didn't plan on grabbing it or whatever and so i had 0.5 of molly sitting in my cup holder i don't think this is gonna go very well i think <laughs> um and uh so I, I pack up all my things like after i dropped her off uh and i i made sure like the farm was okay because, uh, like I said, he only comes back, like, one day out of the week. But I knew the next day was when he got back. So I knew anything that wasn't perfect, he'd be back in time to fix. Uh, so I packed up. And I sent one last text. I was like, I'm going home. I was like, like, I, I, I hope you believe me. Like, I'm really, I'm giving this up. Like, I don't care about anything else. And I, uh, I, start, I start driving out. And I was so anxious and in such a hurry, I was determined to do this drive with like no resting. Mm-hmm. I was so confident. And it's like I said, it's like 43, 43 yeah. 44 hour drive. Yeah. Uh, I ended up getting home in 46 and a half hours. Wow. Yeah. Cause you didn't stop at all. D- barely. I'll, I'll get into that. So I, I'm leaving California. I make it all the way to, I think it was either like New Mexico or Arizona, it's like a zero tolerance state. Like even like marijuana is so mm-hmm. bad. And uh, I had like three of the the THC cartridges, like the oil, and uh, those are Schedule One. They're the same. They're the same charge as heroin. Um, but I had like two or three of those because I was like, you know, it's a long drive. I'm still stunner. I wanted to have something, uh, but I wasn't even thinking about the Molly sitting in the cup holder, right? And so I start heading out and I get to like a couple miles before the border between two of the states where it goes from like, I guess, recreational to like bad, like it's not at all mm-hmm. legal. And so I kept seeing these flashing lights uh, of like border check, border check, border check. And uh, I had no idea what it was. It just kept saying checkpoint. And um, oh, also, <laughs> hold on, I got to backtrack a tiny bit. So on the on a little business meeting I had like two or three days before I decided to leave, I was driving on the highway and I saw something running in the street and it was just like this really matted, raggedy looking thing. But I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm a, I'm a big, big animal lover. And I was like, I mean, I don't want nothing to happen to it. And so I pull off to the side and I see this dude, he's like trying to chase it down on the highway. And, um, uh, you know, I talked to him, it's like raining and I'm like, Hey man, is that, is that your dog? Like question mark? Like you really couldn't tell. And, uh, he's like, no, no, it, but it's been out here for a while. I've been trying to get it for like the past hour, but he keeps running away. And, um, so he's like, I gotta go though, dude. Like I, I, I hope you or somebody else can get him. And he, he gets in his van and he heads out. And now I'm like, it's like, he just knighted me. Like I have to get this dog. And so for like 30 minutes, I'm out in like the rain trying to catch this dog dodging through traffic and that sort of, well, not, not traffic, but you know, cars. And, uh, I was so certain that this dog was going to get hit by a car. 
Like it was erratic, just blitzing across uh, the lanes. And you know, they're, they're all going like at least 60. Um, but anyways, so it got to a point where like half an hour in, I just couldn't get him. Like I was, I was so tired and I was soaking wet and I was like, there's no way he's gonna, he's just gonna come. And I get in my car and I was, I was feeling so guilty about, about like about to pull away. And then I remembered I had beef jerky. Like that was like my go-to <laughs> snack. And sure enough, man, I like lean out the window and I'm just holding the piece and I'm like doing the kisses. Like, you know, like, come on, come on. And without hesitation, this dog like breaks his neck, zips to my car, like going through the car, speeding along. And he, he gets underneath my car and he, he goes to like the door but then he goes back under and there's this 18 wheeler coming like right next to it. And I was like, oh my God, this is it. He's about to die. Like he's about to die. And I opened up the door and I tried to call him in. I didn't even have to. As soon as I opened the door, he hopped in and then he just got down and he was shivering and he was just a oh. tangled, matted oh, mess. Man. But that's actually my dog. I, I kept him. His name yeah, is Flynn. You saw him like that one? Yeah, yeah. What's yeah. his name? Flynn. Flynn. Love I named it. him cause, like Flynn Beautiful. Rider because he has so much personality in his face, dude. He is the Beautiful. cutest dog. Beautiful. Are there any pictures? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll oh show gosh. you. Um, that's amazing. That that's is, a story right there. <laughs> so that's beautiful. So, anyways, he came. He came with me to go home. I was like, I'm not leaving my dog. And uh, <laughs> so, you know, three days later, when all that's happening, um, I start heading out. And like I said, I get, I get to the border check, and it. I'm high as hell. I'm like listening to music. I'm having a good time, petting my dog, you know. And sure enough, it's like border check, half mile, and it's like uh, it just kind of hit me. I was like, oh holy crap, like, what if that's, like, they're gonna, like, check my stuff, and I get to the point to where I'm, like, I can visibly see it now, like, it had to have been less than a quarter mile, and I'm freaking out, I'm, like, putting, I dis, I disassembled the pen, like, I took off the, the cart, and I threw all the cartridges and the pen, like, in this little side door pocket, because I held all my cologne there, mm -hmm. and it was just, like, hidden behind right. and between the bottles, um, and so <laughs> I pull up, and as I'm pulling up, like immediately the dogs start sprinting to my car like all the canines and all these dudes they're like loaded with guns like they have like these assault rifles in their hands like i don't know what they need it for but um but anyways so oh so you just showed us a picture of the dog the dog looks amazing look at that yeah. happy you found him and um love it they start spraying to my car and i'm just sweating like i'm like oh my god and uh the guy comes up and he kind of taps he's like and I roll down the window, and he's like, hey, man, Doc's got a pretty strong hit on your car. We're going to have to check it out. And so he's, like, telling me where to pull in and all that. And I'm slowly, slowly pulling in, like, you know, trying to figure out what I'm going to do. Because then I look over, and I remember there's a .5 of Molly. And, like, that is prison for such a long time. Like, that would have been, like, I don't, I, I don't want to say a life sentence because I don't know for sure. But it's a zero-tolerance state. So it would have been ex like one of the worst charges. And um, I grab it and I still haven't figured out where to put it yet because I'm like, I could eat it, but I don't know if I'm gonna OD. Like that's a lot. Like most people don't have, like even when they snort it and do all that, like they don't do more than like 0.2, you know what I mean? Unless mm -hmm. they're like, you know, really into that. But um, so I'm like, oh, I could try and swallow it. But then what if it, what if it kills me? <laughs> yeah. uh, and then I'm like, I can't just like leave it somewhere. The dogs are going to search my car. And so I'm trembling with my hands on the wheel and I pull up and he's and they're on my left side and he asks for my ID and the Molly is in my hand against the wheel, like in a closed fist. And the most awkward way, I don't know how they didn't expect it. I reach across my body towards my right pocket with my left hand like this. 
And I pull out my wallet and open it, and I'm like, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like, okay. And he, he, like, guides me to pull up further. He's like, go ahead and just, you know, take your personal belongings off yourself and then step out of the car. And he was like, make sure you take your dog with you and he doesn't run away because the dogs will kill him. Um, so I, I, I take my keys out, my gum out, uh, like a little bit of free cash I had in my other pocket. And then I tuck the molly behind my driver's license in my wallet, close the wallet and throw all of that in the cup holder. And so I park the car and I get out and, uh, I'm just standing there next to the guy and the guy, he, he, you know, I'm just a scrawny white boy. He's like, yeah, man, you're probably fine. <laughs> I'm thinking like, I am not probably fine. Oh my gosh. Um, this story is gripping. I'm my, I'm like, <sighs> oh my God. I'm like, geez, yeah, this is like, a lot. this is one of those like, you know, just like wrong place or yeah. just like, just like bad timing. And, uh, so I'm standing there. So wait, you said you left it in the car. Yeah. Why did you decide to? Well, because I ran through all the all the possible scenarios in my head, like my ADHD is doing me justice for once, and I'm like trying to play out every scenario in like ten seconds. And I had thought about putting it on my person, but I was just like, oh my god, like the dog is just gonna run to me, like the right, canine right, will literally right. just sit in front of me, and then they'll check my pockets and me. Right, right, right. Um, and they even did. They like still checked me. So I'm really glad I didn't do that because even if I put it in my shoe, they would have seen me bend down while I was in the car pulling for up. Sure, they would have noticed. Sure. Um, so the fact that I made a really subtle approach and I didn't panic, I think helped me a lot. And so, yeah, it's, it's all sitting in my cup holder and they have me standing like outside of my car, like 10 feet away. And you know how when you stand, you, you tend to lock your knees. Mm-hmm. Because because I had my knees locked and I was shaking so bad, my legs were literally like, like, and uh, so I, I had to do like a very, very minor squat to keep my knees from locking so they couldn't see me shaking because I figured that would look really bad. <laughs> um, and so they let the dogs in my car and all the dogs are like blitzing around, you know, sniffing everything. And uh, they kept stopping like right above the wallet, like when they do a point. Like, they just sit right in front of it. Mm-hmm. And so they get into the front seat or the back or wherever, but they put their head, like, right on top or over or near it. Like, it was mm-hmm. going right back to the molly. And I'm sitting here like, this is it. Like, I'm going to prison. Like, this is the end of my story. <laughs> I am done. And um, I think my saving grace in this was that my whole car reeked of weed from being parked at the farm. Because the whole area just within, like, a mile just reeks of weed. Yeah. And my car being there all the time, AC going through too sometimes, like it just picks it up. So my whole car reeks of weed. They're looking for pounds. Like they're looking for just a ton of weed hidden somewhere in my car. And um, so they're digging through like my clothes. They're digging through like the little gifts I got for my girlfriend, uh, all this stuff. And I'm just like, man, like you're messing everything up. <laughs> and uh, eventually, eventually they, they're like, yeah, there's, there's nothing here. And they, they, they told me I could go. Really? Yeah. Oh, oh my God. God. Oh, dude, I was here. I was like, holy. They didn't, oh, they didn't check my wallet. And surprisingly, they didn't even check the door panel. But I think because of all the weed smell and the yeah. dog smell, like there was no way. Like that, they were expecting pounds of weed hidden somewhere in my car. So I assume the first thing you did as soon as you got in there was flush that shit down the toilet. No, actually. <laughs> I was like, I was like, at this point, because I've done it before, I was like, you know, uh, but at the same time, I was, like, also trying to stay awake on the drive, and that keeps you awake. So then I was like, okay, well, I just went through all of this. And then I just did, like, a tiny bit every, like, 
like six or seven hours and it just keeps you up. Like I wasn't doing enough to get like high, but it was just like, oh my God. it was just Crazy, like man. a really, I know, I know. <laughs> it was just like a really big upper. So I was like being able to drive. I'm anxious as hell. My heart's racing. And all I could think about is like, dude, what the fuck is this girl doing? Like I was so anxious. And, um, I think that's really what was driving me was the anxiety. And, uh, sure enough, I get all the way to Florida and uh, it's like nine, ten o'clock at night. Uh, oh, but it's, uh, you're in Louisiana though. You pass, right? No, I was in like New Mexico or something, but like literally I just did not stop. The only stops I made were if I did start to feel really tired, I wouldn't even go to a rest stop. I would just pull off on the side. I'd, I'd shut the car off and I would lay for like 20 minutes. So where was the part that you got stopped? Uh... Oh, I completely forgot about this. Thank you. <laughs> so it gets a little bit crazier. This is a this is a big uh, a big little chunk. Um, I was in uh, Louisiana. Yeah, Louisiana is cursed for me, bro. They screwed Man, me over bro. big time. The Bayou doesn't like you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so uh, I uh, I was it was like early in the morning now I had taken my rest like a couple hours ago for like 20 minutes I'm back on the road and I because of that ticket that I had uh mm -hmm. way back when I was first heading to California oh, and yeah. I never paid it they suspended my license and I knew that going out for this drive that was part of the reason I really wanted to like not do this because if you get pulled over with a suspended and I'm surprised the checkpoint when they looked at it didn't like scan it and see it was suspended because if they would have done that it would have ended right there as well mm -hmm. Um, so I got double lucky at that checkpoint. Like, I have no idea if I, like, the skin <laughs> this is, of my dude, teeth. This is, this is, like, the luckiest story of and it all gets, time. And it gets luckier. It gets, <laughs> it, more bad luck, but more good luck. Um, so I get pulled over in Louisiana because there's, it's, like, 8 in the morning, 7 in the morning, something like that. And it was very cold at this time. Um, it was, like, 40-something degrees. And, uh, you know, I'm just dressed for, like, the weather in my car. You know, I'm, like, in PJs. I'm not in anything... Mm -hmm. Uh, real heavy and I get pulled over in Louisiana and uh, it was because I was suspicious driving I guess or he it was it was a he claimed it was aggressive driving but it was really because I was trying not to let him tail me because he went behind my car and I know when they do that they're gonna read your plate and it would have shown immediately you know so I ended up as soon as he came behind me I switched into the next lane over in front of an 18 wheeler and slowed down so he couldn't cut in and I was like okay I'm okay and then not even 10 seconds later the lights come on and he's like he pulls me over he comes up and he's like do you know why I pulled you over and I was like no and he was like oh you know it's aggressive driving you, you cut that guy off this and that and I was like okay I'm I'm sorry about that and I'm freaking out because I know they're gonna know it's suspended um and so he's like, hold on one second. I got, I got to like scan or read your thing. And so he takes my license. He goes back and then he, uh, he comes back to the car and he's like, I'm going to just step out of the vehicle. And immediately I thought, oh my God, I'm, I'm under arrest. Like I'm so screwed. And so he's just kind of like talking to me and he's like, Hey, so your license is suspended. He's like, did you know anything about that? And I like immediately, I was like, no no way <laughs> you know like I had no idea and I, I you know I was like trying to really play it off and he's like all right well we'll wait right here for a second and he has me standing in front of his car 
uh, I couldn't even be by my car at this point. My dog's still in the car. My, my stuff's in the car. And it is freezing out. Especially mm-hmm. with the wind chills of, like, all the cars zipping by. It was, like, yeah. really cold. I'm just dying outside. Uh, and I'm standing there for, like, ten minutes. And he comes back. And he's like, all right, I'm going to need you to get back in your car and go and stop at this gas station up here. And so I get in. I do that. And uh, he basically tells me, like, what's going to happen when we get there. So I'm out of the car again at the gas station. My dog's in the car. My stuff's in the car. And he's like, okay, so uh, your driver's license is suspended. I can't, I can't let you drive or anything like that. Uh, we're going to have to impound your car. And, uh, you know, normally you'd get a ticket, but, you know, you already have all your stuff in the car. And I kind of told him, I was like, dude, I literally have just enough money to get home. Because I told you I wasn't making a lot of money in California mm-hmm. because it was, it's like salary pay. Yeah, but, but by the way, did you ever get paid for any of that? No. Exactly. Um... <clears throat> So, uh, look, I kind of screwed him over by leaving. He didn't have a worker at that point, which put him in a crisis, I'm sure. Um, so I don't, I don't blame the guy, but at the same time, I did a sh- I did so much labor, dude. Yeah, I really deserved something. I would be kind of mad. Yeah, a little bit, but, you know, it was my bad for, for ditching him. Uh, so anyways, so, you know, they call a guy, he's towing my car, and I'm like, I don't normally get disrespectful, especially towards cops. You know, they're just trying to do their job. But I'm, like, screaming at him. And I was like, dude, like, I don't have any money. I was like, I have, like, $60 in Louisiana, which means I probably didn't even have enough gas to get home. I calculated wrong, um, which was part of the reason I didn't even stop to rest or do anything else because I didn't have the money for it. Um, but anyway, so I probably miscalculated. I probably wasn't even going to make it home on a little bit of money I did have. And then he was like, you know, like, I can't really do anything about it, blah, blah, blah. And I was just, like, yelling, like, please, dude, like, you're screwing me. All my stuff is in that car and you impound it, I'm not going to have anything. I have a dog. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And he was like, I don't know what to tell you, man. It was basically like, you're on your own. And so car gets towed away. My phone's at 10%. I don't even have a charger. And like, I'm just with my dog in like 45 degree weather at a gas station alone now. And I'm just like, oh my God, like, what am I going to do? And so the first thing, the first thing that happens is before the, cause the cops left before the tow guy and the tow guy comes up before he pulls it away. It was like, well, the cops are still there, but not paying attention really. And he's like, Hey man, like I might be able to help you out. Just come by the tow yard. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Okay. And I come and so he hands me his card and I'm like, where's it at? And he's like, it's three miles up the road. So I ended up having to walk three miles in this freaking weather uh, I finally get to the tow yard and he's sort I, I'm like, Hey man, can I speak with like the boss? You know, maybe see what's up. He, I sit down with him for a second and I tell him what's going on. And he's like, dang, man, he's like, if it had not been a legal issue and you just got towed for something else, I could have helped you, but it's through, it's through the police now. So you have to pay it because all that money goes to them. It doesn't even go to the tow guys now. Right. Um, so I was like, you know, like, damn, like, I'm so screwed. I literally only have, like, I don't even know if it was 60. It was, like, a really low number, though. And I was, like, I have no idea what I'm going to do. And uh, it was only, like, 110, 120 to get my car out. And the guy was basically just, like, yeah, and what's worse is you need a license to actually get the car out. Okay, did you find a place to stay, or did you get... No, I had no money, even, get, if I, did, if we, even if I did. Did you get warmer clothes out of your car or anything? No, I couldn't. They took it. So oh I, I get there... And at this point now, they are letting me go through my car, but I was like, I'm not even worried. I just put on my bomber jacket at this point. Like, I just got this big, green, like, navy navy green, olive green. 
uh, <laughs> jacket, and I, uh, I was, you know, I was trying to keep warm and everything. It's not that big of a deal, but I was mainly concerned. Like my dog just looks really like erratic because at this point he wasn't super. Like he 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 loved me, and he would always be like right by my leg, but he's still erratic, and he's he's used to like I guess now being abandoned and stuff. So he was like really on on edge uh, as it was, but so yeah, I felt pretty defeated at this point. I was like, wow, like I literally have nothing I can do right now. And all I could think about was I still had my PS4 in the car. And also on a side note, I left so much of my belongings there because I was in such a hurry and it was at the other house, like his personal home. Mm -hmm. Like I left my, my 4K flat screen TV, my Xbox One, like the mic, the controller, all that. Uh, like some of my random personal items, like nothing important, important, but yeah, just valuables. So I probably left like five hundred dollars worth of stuff at least, um, which sucked. But anyways, so I'm like, I I know I still have my PS4 though, because that was what I had at the workhouse. And uh, I was like, hey man, like, is there a GameStop nearby? Like, I'm thinking I can sell it, like get some money. And he was like, uh, yeah, it's like seven miles down that well, way. I think they need your ID for that, right? If you trade something in the GameStop? Probably, but I'm sure I could have finessed that. Like, that's not that hard. Um, but they, so yeah. So. <laughs> As he says, finesse. I love it. I love it so much, bro. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I have I have like a library card and stuff like that. I'm sure they would have let it slide if I told them the predicament. But, so he's like, yeah, it's like seven miles that way. And then immediately I was like, oh my God. I'm like, there's no way I'm going to be able to walk another seven miles in this. Um, and so I, on a limb, I was just kind of like, Hey man, you know, anybody that might need a PS4? <laughs> and he, he laughed. He was like, dang, man, I just got mine. Like you missed out. And then as I'm like walking away, even more defeated, I'm like, here we go. This freaking treacherous walk to GameStop. He stops me and he's like, Hey, Hey, hey wait, wait, wait. I got a brother. He's like, he might want it. And so he stops me. He calls his brother. He like kind of walks up to the side and he's like, yeah, bro. He's like, sell the PS4. He said he just needs like 110 bucks for it because I was just trying to get what I needed. You know, I'm not trying to like overdo mm-hmm. it. I know I can sell it faster if I just get what I need. Right. Uh, and then like, I can literally hear him over the phone and he's like, $110. He was like, yeah. <laughs> he was like, tell him I'll be there in 20 minutes. So that guy, uh, that guy's on his way now. His brother's on his way. And so I know I have a way of paying for it, but now I have the problem of how am I going to pull it off the lot? Because you have to have a license. And so I'm talking to the guy and I'm like, are you sure there's like nothing we can do here, man? Like you really can't let it slide. And he's like, no, dude, like we can get in trouble with the police if we, if we do that. And so now my mission is to find a stranger that is willing to pull this car out for me, which is sus. Like I'm going to come up and be like, Hey, I don't got a license, but I need my car. Can you get it from the tow yard? Like it's weird. Right. right, right. Uh, and so I'm walking up and down this street. There's like a McDonald's, a bank and something else. Uh, and I keep walking up and down and I'm like, I, I stop a couple of people and I'm like, Hey, kind of try explaining it. A lot of people thought I was like homeless, like, cause I was in pajama pants, a big jacket, and I have a dog. Mm-hmm. So they're literally like this freaking bug, like get out of here. Um, and a lot of people weren't even giving me the time of day, dude. Like it was really sad. And I was just like, what am I going to do? And finally I see these people at a bank and like, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like my wife's inside, but give me, give me five, 10 minutes. And then like, I'll see what I can do for you. And I'm sitting there like waiting in front of the bank, like in the cold now, like I'm not even walking, so it's worse. And 10 minutes goes by, I see his wife get in the car and they're talking for a second and he, he hasn't really said anything or done anything. And uh, he turns his car on and so I'm like, oh shit. And I walk up and I'm like, hey, 
Like, are you still like able to help me or this and that? And he was like, oh no, man, sorry, sorry. And he just leaves. So now, you know, like, it's just like one thing after another, like these little things start weighing on me and I'm like, I'm never gonna get this car. And uh, finally I'm at a McDonald's and uh, I asked a couple people there and they all kind of gave me the same thing. Like, oh yeah, I could, I could do something. And then they're like, you know, they don't. Uh, but then like, as I'm leaving, I was just gonna walk back to the tow yard to like brainstorm something else. And uh, I see this old guy getting out of a pickup truck and, um, you know, my car's a manual, which is a problem in itself because not everybody knows how to drive one of those. So even if they did, how are they going to get it off the lot? Um, mm -hmm. but I saw this old dude, he was driving a pickup truck and he gets out and I'm like walking away at this point already, but I just thought like, uh, probably not. And then like, I literally like stopped, like I had this feeling in my gut and it was just like, ask him. And I literally tried to fight it. I was like, no, I've asked so many people. So I just keep walking and then it was even stronger, bro. Like, I kid you not, it was like, just ask him, just ask, like, what's the worst that can happen? And so like, I'm like, all right, why not? And I turn around and real, you know, half-heartedly, I'm like, you know, this is my situation, man. Like, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but this and that, do you think you can help? And he was like, yeah. He was like, I think I can help you. He's like, I'm here with my grandson right now. We're, we're grabbing a hot cocoa, but I think when we get out, we could help you. And he was like, do, do you want a hot cocoa? Like, do you want something? I was like, no, no, no. Like, that's okay, man. Thank you. Thank you. And he goes inside. He comes back out. And sure enough, this guy is actually helping me. And he, he, I'm sitting in the car with him. I'm like showing him where to go down the street. And he, he's like asking me what, what I've been doing and what's going on. I sort of let him know, like, I'm, I left this job for this girl, that sort of thing. Like, I'm just trying to get home. And, uh... He's like, you know, like we've, we've been in hard times ourselves. We know how it is. Don't worry about it, man. Like, I, I hope it works out for you and that sort of thing. And, uh, so I get to the, I get to the tow yard with him, trade out my PS4, Spider-Man, like all the games. Yeah. I'll never be able to play the DLC now. That's my biggest tragedy here. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I trade it out. I get the money. I pay them. He drives it off the lot with me and, uh, his grandson's still in like their car or whatever. So it's just me and this older guy. And we stop in a parking lot, like a couple, couple blocks up. So, you know, it's not like suspicious or anything. And uh, he's sitting down and he's like, all right, now when you leave, you're not going to take that bridge right there. You're going to go around, down through Baton Rouge, go back up and go through. Because apparently there's a lot of cops on that bridge. Like, that's how I got stopped. There's, there's like a very heavily, right. he heavily monitored area. And so I was like, okay, definitely. Because if I get stopped again, then I'm definitely going to jail. Um, so that was another fear. But... He, uh, he steps out of the car and I step out of the car and, you know, I'm shaking his hand and stuff and he, <clears throat> I get in my car and he's at the window now and he's just sort of telling me, he's like, Hey man, like, I'm, I'm really glad I was able to help you. And he starts telling me a little bit about himself and he's like, he's like, he's like, here, man, take this. And he like reaches in his pocket and he like goes to hand me something. I was like, no, 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 man, seriously. And then he, he like, he, you know, puts it in my hand and he's like shaking. I don't even know what's in it. And he's like, you're, you're going to get home. He's like, you're a good guy. Like, you're just on tough luck. And he's like, he's like, you know, I really hope this works out for you. I'm, I'm going to make sure you get home. And he, he takes his hand away and it's a hundred dollar bill. And I was just like, immediately, I just started like crying. I was like, no, like, I can't take this, dude. I can't. Like, I still have some money. I'll, I'll figure something out. Like, I cannot take this. And he got like real stern with me. And he was like, no, like, you're taking it. Like, he got really serious with me. And I was just like, whoa, man. And I, I was just like, like, so I felt so incredibly blessed. Like I was like, I didn't even have enough gas to get home. Like I completely miscalculated. And if it wasn't for the series of events that I just went through, I would have been like stranded somewhere in the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. So I guess it was for the better, you know? And uh, 
So yeah, so then me and my dog get in my car and uh, we're back on our way. And I make it all the way to to Florida. It was uh, like nine, 10 o'clock at night. And um, I was at, I, I, first place I was going was my girlfriend's house. Like I was just gonna like knock on the door with all the gifts and the flowers that I got her. Um, Cause I stopped like at a gas station to freshen up. I like changed deodorant. <laughs> like I splashed some water on my face, fixed my hair. I was like, I can't, can't go looking like the mess I've been, you know? And um, I knock on the door and her mom comes up and she's like, what are you doing here? Like, you were just in California, man. Like, what are you doing here? And I was like, you know why I'm here. Like, <laughs> you already know. And uh, so, yeah. So then, you know, my lady at the time, she comes out. And she starts like crying and she's hugging me and I gave her the gifts and everything. And we were good. And then it turns out she had been cheating on me. I mean, she kind of, we like I said, that past week now, when she was, like, ignoring me, or the past month, I should say, really, it was, like, a couple weeks, uh, but that hurt so bad, dude, because I found out, like, literally later that night, and I was like, I just did this, like, ah, but it was okay, we actually, we worked through that, and then it still didn't work out in the end, unfortunately, but yeah, that's, that's how I ended up getting home, man. I think that it's really important to not... You can't beat yourself up over mistakes, like the wrong decisions, because more often than not, everybody's going to make a lot of dumb or the wrong decisions. But I think it's important to be very confident with your choice. Like, I'm a really indecisive person, and I think my biggest issue is, like, as soon as I choose something, my first thought is, like, oh, but what about the other one? And I think that's the wrong mentality. I think it's, it's more like, I did this. Like, I should be proud of it. This is the choice I made. Especially because you have your reasons. Like nobody does nothing, or nobody does something arbitrarily. Like you, you have a mindset and you're thinking and you're building off of it. And you end up with the conclusion of this is what I should do. And you shouldn't think that that's a mistake because that's who you are. I mean, like, I think my story was a lot about me like kind of following my heart and it, it did kind of backfire on me. But overall to say the least, I don't think I would change it. Like, I mean, I could I could have had like a lot more money right now. That would have been pretty cool. But, but like, I'm not in a bad place per se. You know, it's just more growth. It's just part of your character. You know, one day you'll hit a redemption arc. It happens. Um, but I think uh, I think another thing is the uh, emotional aspect. Like, it's it's always good to listen to your heart, but it shouldn't run the brain. Like, you gotta have some. You gotta have a plan. You gotta have some logic mixed in there. You can't put everything in poker. Um, but yeah, I think I think for me that's like some of the biggest things. Uh, just I and also peer pressure is a son of a gun, man. I hate that. I hate it so much. People make you feel a kind of way, and then suddenly your perspective changes. Like it's always good to hear new perspectives, but you shouldn't let it become such a prime influence all the time. Like, more often than not, I make a decision, and then I hear a couple people say something, and I'm like, damn. And I overthink it, and I get real introspective. But honestly, I, I don't think that's that good. Like, I think, for example, like, trusting, trusting your gut is important, but have some thoughtfulness. Be mindful of the things that you're doing, for sure. Our next musical guest is coming off from his recent album, Sumo 18. 
You can listen to his music on Spotify, Apple Music, and SoundCloud. Please welcome Just Jason. for listening to the power of four let us know what your thoughts are on our podcast rate us on apple podcast and don't forget to subscribe there are still plenty of new updates that will be added to the podcast in the next few weeks none of the music you heard today was by us the music you heard is credited all by filmmaker alejandro g anoratu and pop band mgmt once again i'm mark lopez and i'm thomas olet and this was the power of four you can listen to us on spotify and on the apple official podcast